let's bring up our next guest. He is a finalist for Cy Young, and he joins us right now, Kevin Gossman. Who you got behind you there, Mo and Doc? How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you guys? Yeah, I got I got Mo. My I think my first year in the big leagues uh, was Mo's last. Um, never got to meet Doc, but um, you know I got a, G, a Jeter jersey that I got my second year, and so you know I got some cool jerseys for sure. I kind of came at a good time, you know, early on in my career. So there's some you know Yankee greats that, that I got to face and some cool moments. So yeah, I like to like to kind of keep some of those things up here. I like it. I like it. So congrats on being a finalist for AL Cy Young. Um, we keep it real here. Do you think you have a shot? Uh, I'm going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm a realist. Um, I watched I watched Cole. I mean, he pitched against us, I think, three times in the last month. Uh, and, the, you know, each one was better than the last. And his last one was a CG shutout. And so... You know, I, I understand kind of the season that he put together and really the second half that he put together. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a realist, you know, but it's still cool to, to be a part of this group. And, you know, I have a ton of respect for Sonny Gray and Garrett. And, um, you know, both those guys I've watched for a long time and been fans of the way that they go about their work. Um, they're completely different pitchers than me. And, you know, that's the cool thing. You look at um, really – NL and AL, like every guy is different, you know, nobody has like the same stuff and it's not just guys who throw hard, you know, and um, I mean, I'm the only guy who throws a split in that group. So, you know, it, it's kind of cool. It's cool to be a part of those, uh, those groups and, you know, but yeah, I don't, I don't think I, I have a chance of winning at all. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, hey, you know what, if you're not first, you're last. So I didn't, that's I didn't right. say that. Someone else said that, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> you guys, you're you're in this you're in this elite group of pitchers who dominated all season. Whether you win it or you don't, you were dominant. We bring this up all the time on the show, talking about the like elite top like five or six guys in the game any given year. Are you throwing the same pitch every single time? In the sense that like max effort, full out, or is there times when you can turn it up? You talked about watching Garrett Cole at the end of the month, like at the end of the season, the last month. You're like. Dang, like he, he turned it on more. Are there times when you can dial it up and the rest of the time you're like, ah, you know what, I can kind of cruise through here. Now I'm in a little traffic. Here's the real split. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the biggest thing with me is trying to figure out what a team is, you know, what the game plan is against the split. And, and usually most teams kind of give it away early on in the outing um, of what they're going to try to do against that, whether they're going to be, super aggressive and, and hope that they can kind of put together a couple good swings on it. Um, you know, or teams, you'll see teams that just come in and are like, their mentality is like, Hey, if you see anything down, don't swing. And if he, if he dodged three fastballs down the zone in a row, you know, then tip your cap. And so that's one thing as the season went on, kind of recognizing that exactly. And, and, you know, I pitched up in the zone a lot early in the season, but as the season went on, you know, that differential of the split was a little bit too big. And so I started pitching down in the zone with the fastball and, you know, I call it a kill shot. You know, I like to pitch up in the zone, but I'll take my kill shots down in the way really to, to righties and lefties. And I feel confident that if I can hit that spot, 
you know, even if they do swing or if they take, it's going to be a strike. And if they swing, you know, it's going to be weak contact. And so, but yeah, I mean, as the season goes on, I think there's certain games, certain teams, certain guys that you face that, um, you know, kind of owned you earlier in your career that, yeah, you know, you want to, you want to do well against them. You know, obviously if you're facing, you, you really want to pitch well against them. And so that gives you that extra, like, you know, kind of that, that F you mentality of like, you know, you're going to throw it against you guys today. Kevin, sorry. Sorry about, I was at the Bama game on Saturday night. So I think they have another game this weekend, this Saturday against another team. Um, so, <laughs> but I have to bring up a sore subject as I talk about Florida football. Scott loves it. Uh, I don't care. He doesn't like it because he went to LSU. Right. They play each other this weekend, dumbass. Shut up. Yeah, but our audience doesn't know that. <laughs> but he does. Uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin, um, this I, I hate to bring this up to you, but in the playoffs this year, A-Rod went on TV and said you were tipping. So did you only to- tell Royce Lewis what you were throwing and the rest of the team you forgot to tell them? Or was it just Royce Lewis? You went to him before the game and said, okay, if I do this, I'm throwing this pitch. If I do this. The rest of the team, he punched out every guy. Was it? Was that the case? Yeah, I mean, honestly, if you look at the film, and believe me, like I went back and looked at everything. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I've tipped before plenty of times in my career, and and I kind of know what to look for. And um, I truly believe that, you know, listen, he was his their best hitter the last, really, the entire second half. And so, if you make a mistake against him. Um, you know, he's a dynamic player. I'd never faced him before. And so, yeah, I mean, you miss like, you know, three, two first inning, I'm trying to go fastball away and I miss my spot by three feet. And it's, you know, a good pitch to most righties, you know, up and in, uh, but he kind of got his hands to it and, you know, obviously hit the crap out of it and hit up for a home run. And then next at bat three, one, I'm trying to throw strikes. I think I'd walked already four guys at that point. And so, you know, he took me the opposite way. And so, uh, but yeah, honestly, I don't think there was anything there. I just think uh, he was hot and, you know, I made mistakes. And, you know, as you guys know, like you make mistakes against these guys, especially someone who's super confident and, you know, swinging the bat really well, like they're going to make you pay for it. And so, you know, I've, I've had a million questions since, like, were you tipping? Do you think you were tipping? Like, I, I don't think so, you know, but uh, you're always going to look at the, the negatives and think, well, why did they do this? You know, if you weren't, but I only give up three hits, you know, and the other hit was, was a single. And so, um, you know, I think they're, they're, they've always been a team my entire career that for whatever reason, they have a great approach against me. Um, they've always been that way. I think they're the highest ERA that I have against any team my entire career. Um, you know, there's been some nightmare outings against them over my career, uh, I had a nine run lead one, one game going into the third inning. And, you know, by the end of the fifth, it was a tie hit ball game. And so, um, you know, for whatever reason, they just, they just always hit me well. What, uh, so now that you, you know, you lost, we didn't think you were tipping anyway. Like that was a sarcastic question by, by AJ. <laughs> no, we know he wasn't tipping. That's why I asked if he only told Royce yeah, Lewis. It was yeah. Bad analysis. And I mean, Jace Tingler. Yeah, I love we, giving we up to home people. runs, you know? So, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Like I said, you only chose one guy. You, though. you only like, chose okay, one only guy. These, yes. <laughs> I don't want to for anyone else. Yes. It's just a bad call. <laughs> when you watch when you watch the rest of the World Series or rest of the playoffs 
did you look at it and say the teams that you're watching, especially the fact that you guys lost two really close games, yes, you didn't score runs, but you didn't give up any runs either. Did you sit there and go, dang it, like we could have, we could have made a run this year? Oh, for sure. You know, I think that's what's been the most frustrating in the last two years is that I think if you look at our roster from top to bottom, talent wise, I mean, we compare with any team in the big leagues, you know, and if you're ranking a lineup or ranking a pitching staff, you know, I think we had the second best ERA in all of baseball for starters. I think maybe one or second in, in our entire pitching staff, you know, our bullpen was incredible this year. Um, and so, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's tough to watch and, you know, watching, but, you know, at the same time, like we played, we played the Rangers towards the end of the season and, and they swept us in a four game series and, you know, they beat the crap out of us. And it was kind of noticeable that like, you know, they're a really good team and, and we need to, we need to play good baseball. And I think that's the biggest thing is um, it's frustrating to watch because, you know, you know that the talent is there. Um, you just got to kind of put it together and, you know, we still have a, a pretty young group, but we, you know, we have everybody returning pretty much. And so, uh, that's kind of what gives us confidence to go forward. And I think the more heartbreak that you have in baseball, it usually kind of can help you out in, in the long run. And, you know, I've been on the side of some unfortunate events in my career, but, you know, it'll make, uh, hopefully, you know, if we can make a run at it the next couple of years and, and, and hold one of those trophies, I think it'll, it'll make it that much sweeter. Kevin, another thing, were you surprised when they took out, Rios in game two after 47 pitches and no hits were you on the bench like the rest of us watching going what the heck is happening right now um yeah I mean yeah we we were all kind of shocked um you know but at the same time we also knew so going into that series we knew that Kikuchi was gonna pitch at some point um and if it was only two games like they wanted to get him in that game because he's left-handed and he did really well against Minnesota this past season. I think each outing that he had maybe was like top three or four outings of, of the season. And so he just matches up really well against that lineup. And so, you know, we all kind of knew that, you know, but at the same time, that's, you know, that's kind of the problem with the game right now is that, um, you know, sometimes you make those decisions and, you know, it, it it's crazy because, you know, they scored a run on a ground ball up the middle. You know, if, if that ground ball goes a couple of feet to the left and that's a double play to get out of the inning, you know, nobody's saying anything. And so, you know, you're always going to be questioned about the, you know, the moves that you make that don't work out. And especially in the last game of the season when it's a, a winner go home situation. So it was unfortunate because, you know, that kind of took away from how close our team was and just like the overall season that we had. We really had a great season. We were good at so many things. Our pitching staff was incredible. You know, our defense behind us was incredible, and that's why our pitching staff was so good. Um, the fact that Alejandro Kirk caught the last 35 games in a row is absurd. You know, like <clears throat> he, he was incredible for us. You know, the fact that he was able to do that was huge. And so it just kind of sucked that the narrative was what it was because um, everybody, it was just so negative, you know, and, and that sucks as a player because there was so much positive to, 
to have um, over the last, you know, eight months. And then for one day, one decision to kind of be talked about for, and it's still talked about, you know, for months. And so, and it'll probably be talked about in spring training. It's probably going to be the first question we're all going to be asked, you know? And so um, it's unfortunate, but that's the reality of the business that we're in. So I'll bring this big picture because you're always really well-spoken on, on topics in the sport. If you're a commissioner for a day, you can do whatever you want. You can do one thing. You can do five things. It can be about the game, rules. It can be about the business, anything. What would you do? Oh, man, that's a great question. <laughs> um, I think first I'd get away. I'd, I'd get rid of the, um, the disengagement rule. <clears throat> I mean, everybody's talking about all these guys stealing bags this year. Like, it's a direct correlation between we could only pick off twice. And that's absurd. And the clock is way too short. I love the clock. I think the clock is great for baseball, but I think it's too quick. And as a, as a starting pitcher, you know, I'm lucky enough to where I've had enough time in the league to where I can slow things down without having much time to do it. But early in my career, if I would have came up with the clock right now, I would have really struggled because you have a long inning, you're absolutely gassed, one. And two, you don't have the the ability to go behind the mound and like pretend to tie your shoes. You know, all these things that you learn how to do when you get to the big leagues. Um, and granted, some of those guys are already learning it in the minor leagues. I think it's <clears throat> I think it's good for the game if you're a fan, but if you're a player, it sucks. I mean, it, it really does. It's it makes the game go faster, but you know, like what it like what are we giving away? with the games being faster we're giving away guys having to hurry up and and throw pitches you know um we saw a direct example chris bassett had the bases loaded actually against the rangers and you know got to a situation where he had to disengage because he couldn't get the pit you know he's he's a different character he throws you know eight nine different pitches so he didn't get the pitch on in on time and so he steps off and so he steps off again, and so he has two disengagements. They have a left-handed hitter up at the plate, and so we're shifted. So Matt Chapman is playing essentially where the shortstop would play if it was a pole righty. And Mitch Garver is three-fourths of the way down the line. And as a pitcher, your entire life, when you see someone that far off, you step off and you start running at them. And that's exactly what Bassett did. And once, you know, it was a close play, but not really. And Garver slid into third and then stands up and starts clapping and starts walking towards home because he gets the next base, you know? So it's like, that's unfortunate. And I honestly thought I would see a lot more of these rules, especially the clock and all these disengagements matter more in the postseason than the regular season because the game is so much faster in the postseason. And so I thought that those things would be kind of kind of more exposed, I guess. Um, and they weren't for whatever reason. Uh, and so, but yeah, that's probably the first thing I would do. I, I would get rid of those, you know, and everybody talks about the stolen bases and, and, and like, that's great. It's great for the game, but the bags are 30% bigger, you know, like it's people forget that. So the bang-bang plays at second where the catcher got the guy out, 
and you guys both know there was a lot of those, now the guy's safe easily. And so, you know, now with all the sliding mitts that they're wearing, every guy has an extra three, four inches on the end of his fingers. And so you don't even have to be that good of a base stealer or base runner to take advantage of those things. And so, um, I mean, as a player, as a pitcher, you know, it sounds like I'm complaining, but that's just kind of the reality of what I noticed over this past year. Um, and, you know, I was a guy who had to change my mechanics because of this, uh, you know, and I felt like everybody, every time I pitched, there was a third base or a first base coach, you know, really talking to an umpire over there, trying to get in his ear, like, Hey, make sure he really stops. And, you know, they change, they, they change the rule, like make sure you understand the rule and, and all those things. And so, you know, I just think that's the first thing I'd get rid of. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I hear what you're saying. And you made an adjustment. Do you feel like your teammate Alec Manoa couldn't make the adjustment? Cause you said like, if you had just gotten called up and you had to, you know, make this adjustment, obviously, you know, he was, he was in your position last year, Cy Young candidate, but still it's a young career leagues adjusting to him. Do you feel like that affected it affected him or is there some other things that affected him? And what are you telling him so that you two can be a absolutely fearful one-two punch at the top of your rotation? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I think he went through some things in spring. Um, I think he got off to a, a late start physically in spring. You know, his shoulder just wasn't, you know, listen, the guy pitched almost 200 innings in his first full year as a starting pitcher. Um you know, I've, I've only got that close one time in my career. And so I think when you're a 24, 25 year old guy, you don't necessarily know the impact that, that that's going to take on your body. And, um, you know, I just think he, he came in and, and, you know, maybe tried to push it and, you know, get ready for opening day a little too early. And I think he just kind of never got to a good spot with, with his arm and with his mechanics. Um, and, and you could tell that, um, you know, and it was unfortunate to, to watch because yeah, I mean, that's the crazy thing about baseball is if this was this year and he put up those numbers, like he's running away with the Cy Young, he's winning it easily. Um, and that's just, that's, what's crazy about baseball. Um, the guy had a two, two ERA last year and won 16 games, I think, and, um, was incredible for us. And so, you know, but mostly I kind of tell them, like, this game is not easy. Everybody's going to go through ups and downs. Um, I'm a prime example of that. And so, you know, I, like, I've been DFA'd before. I, you know, I've been the, the best pitcher on the best team in baseball. I've been the worst pitcher on the worst team in baseball. And I've been everything in between. And so, you know, I, I think it helps me to be able to talk to guys. And I think they... Um, can relate to me a little bit more than maybe, you know, most of the, you know, the aces or the ones and twos on the teams that kind of never went through that. He touched on something I was going to ask. Like, this dude has been through the ringer. He's now been Cy Young, top 10 Cy Young finisher. He went sixth and ninth, and now this year he'll be top three. I don't know where he's going to be. In the last three years, before that, he had zero all-star games. He had one season where he threw 34. He had 34 starts. Another one with 31. Like this dude's been, he's been through it. Like, and he, he touched on that. That is to me, that can be more valuable for a team 
than maybe somebody that's been dominant and then you come in and sign a contract. Like he he can talk to so many of these guys because he's been everything. Do you know um, this was passing when he had signed? He reported Toronto was his top priority. He chose them over a better money offer from the Mets hmm. and felt right. And he liked the plan that was laid out by the front office. I like to look back on that stuff, especially once the guys are there and you can ask them about it. And, you know, because when you ask, like when it's right, when they sign, you know, they want to just talk about the new team, but then you can talk about life decisions. We've had that a few times, right? Where you mm-hmm. talk to a guy, who was it? Who was good? Like, did we talk to Wheeler about that? Wheeler, yeah, he had more money from the White Sox and he went to Philly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyway, yeah, I I think the ace question is good. He's also coming from the Orioles, uh, or at least that's where he was drafted. But they're an interesting team to get some thoughts on from him if we do get him back. Otherwise, see see what's crack-a-lagging. I think he thinks Scott hung up on him. That could be. A lot of people think that. Been known to ghost. But not for Kevin. <laughs> oh, wait, now we see him. He's coming back. Oh, he back. Oh. Sean said, AJ broke my heart with that Tory news about Hunter not joining the Angels. Mm, anyway. All, all right, right, Kevin. Sorry you got cut off. Scott hung up on you. It's not your fault. <laughs> it happens to all of us. You've been, you've been DFA'd. You've been this. You've been that. We've all been DFA'd, but you've never been hung up on Scott before. Now Scott hung up on you. Congratulations. Bucket you list. T- you tell all your friends. Do you think Aaron Judge uh, uh, wow, we have it? peaking at something when he was hitting off you? I don't know. So I didn't I didn't I pitched the next day. Um, but yeah, it was uh it was a little strange. I mean, you guys know, like as catchers, you're always you're always looking up at the hitter's eyes, right? Um and like if you make eye contact with it, it not a good thing. Um, but, you know, I'm never going to say that there was anything that he was actually doing. I don't think he needs to do that. Um, you know, I think he might have been looking towards the dugout. Like, they might have had something coming from the dugout, you know, but who knows. Uh, I think there's so much cameras and so many people investigating nowadays that if, if you're doing something like that, you're going to get caught, you know, and they're going to see somebody in the dugout, you know, holding a green card or something on a fastball, like you're going to get caught. And so I just don't believe that he was doing something, but yeah, it was pretty weird. You know, it it was a weird scenario. Um, And it was, I thought it was a little blown up by the media and, you know, and it doesn't help that he absolutely crushed us that series. And so Everybody's thinking, like, you know, why is he runs? But he always hits home runs. He always does that. And so, you know, like I said, he doesn't need to do that. He's a good enough hitter and so strong that he'll miss hit balls all the time and, and hit them 400 feet. You know, I had, had 7,000 at bat, so I never went like this to the dugout. Yeah, but you also had three at bats. You had three at bats against. Gosman and you didn't get a single hit, so there's that. Maybe you should have been peeking. True. Past his prime. <laughs> Dude, I, caught, I caught him. At, I mean, I was 40 when I faced Kevin. He was 20. I mean, he should have won. That's right. Uh, 
you can you hear us, Kevin? Just making sure you still got us. Yeah, I can hear y'all. Okay, cool. Kratz, wait, I'm going to jump in. I have one question first because I haven't heard them talked about too much, but do you think there's any chance that the Blue Jays go after Shohei Otani? Oh, no. Kevin, you, no, he's good. He's good, Claude. Yeah, I got he you. Us. Um, he's fine. Um, do you think there's any chance the Blue Jays sign Shohei Otani? And uh, if they asked you to help with the recruiting pitch, uh, what would you do? Where would you take him? What would you tell him about Toronto? Because I know, didn't you pick Toronto over the Mets? Um, for a little less money? Um, I did, but to be honest, I'm not a huge fan of New York City. Um, And, you know, I just kind of always felt like, you know, no matter how much talent the Mets were were bringing in, for some reason they kind of couldn't put it together. And so, you know, that kind of had a little bit to do with my decision. Um, also I've played in Toronto a lot. I made my debut in Toronto, but yeah, I mean, I don't know how I would recruit them. Like, I don't know Japanese, uh, you know, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, I hope they sign them. Like, this is a guy that he's incredible. You know, if he's healthy and can pitch and hit and DH, like, you know, obviously he's having Tommy John. He's not going to be able to pitch for a little bit, but he can still DH. He can still play the outfield. I mean, he's, he's a guy that he brings in so much excitement just to the ballpark. And, and you saw that in LA the last couple of years, you know, there was thousands upon thousands of people that were going to the games just to watch him. And when he pitched, it was, it was cool. I mean, it was cool. I faced him. I got to pitch against him in LA when I was with the giants. And I mean, there's just a buzz around the stadium about going to watch him play. And there's not many players in the game that can kind of take over an entire ballpark the way that he can. And, you know, if he's on a night and he strikes out 10 and hits a home run, like, I mean, the place is is going crazy. It's cool and it's unique. And, you know, we're never going to see it again. And, you know, we just got to kind of enjoy it while it lasts because you don't know how long he's going to be able to do both. Right. Uh, I hope he can for a really long time. But he's in uncharted, un, you know, uncharted territory when it comes to, like, nobody can give him advice on how to do both. Like, there's nobody that can tell him that. Did you, did you vote for the Players' Choice Awards, or did you hand it off to one of your clubbies to fill it out? The Players' Choice Awards. Yeah, I voted, of course. You voted? Okay. Did you get it right or wrong? Who should have been the Player of the Year, Acuna or Shohei? I think I voted for Shohei. Um, but I mean, I, I, I'm a pitcher, so I recognize how hard it is to, to pitch and like, I couldn't imagine pitching and someone being like, Hey, you're DHing today, the next day, you know, <laughs> like, I, like I'm sitting in the dugout, like chewing on seeds for the next three hours on the days after I pitch, you know, like just soaking it in. And this, and this guy is out here facing some of the best pitchers in the game the next day and, and doing really well. And so, you know, I just can't imagine uh, how much, like, extra time he had to, he has to spend to get his body right every single day. Um, and so that's, I mean, that's why I voted for him. Well, Kevin, much like your Tigers are going to be on Saturday night, 
Lehiv Zeher. No. What? <laughs> Acuna won. No. Yeah, Acuna won. should not have won. Well, he did. So he should have, would have, could have. And this won. is one of his old teammates. No, and I mean, I agree. Acuna had an unbelievable season. I think he was the first, first, what, 60 and 40 or 70. 70. 40, 70. Or whatever. What was it? 73? He never had to whatever. throw a, yeah. a, a nasty slider 3-2 to get, punch a guy out in a big spot. Like, it's just different. Dude, this, this was great. We appreciate you coming on. Um, it's great to have you on here for the first time. This platform is is up your alley. People wanted to hear from you. Perfect timing here as, as a finalist, but a real talk finalist. So good luck. We'll still be seeing if your name gets called. But I like the honesty on the uh, AL Cy Young stuff, dude. Thanks for uh, joining us today. Yeah, no problem. Sorry, sorry about my Wi-Fi. I gotta upgrade. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. I know a guy. We'll we'll have our guy Thanks, call you Kevin. back. Thanks, Kevin.